Hello, my friends in Christ. Uh, this is the Informed Catholic, and my name is Ned Jabbar. And today we're going to do the readings for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The readings for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So this is going to be episode 144 of the Informed Catholic for this year episode 144. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. It'll be a great help. So let's begin with the opening prayer of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary ever Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, and forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And now for the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we have reached uh, the 17th Sunday. And uh, this is in the, um, the cycle of reading. It's like uh, we're in year B. There's a three-year cycle, obviously, for the liturgical readings. Now, um, one of the things I have to say I do like about the Novus Ordo uh, Listi, the liturgy, is there's a lot of scripture. That's one of the things I love about it. There's a lot of scripture. And the only thing I'm sad about, of course... Of course, I'm not crazy about all the other stuff that uh, happens with the the Nova Soto. It's like Dr. Taylor Marshall said, you know, the one thing that's really sad about the Nova Soto liturgy is that the priest is like a DJ. He can pump it up. He can like, you know, choose whatever prayers he wants. You know, if he wants to shorten it, which they usually love to do, they love to shorten it, make it fast, you know. Like one of the things I've noticed lately in the litur uh, liturgy on Sundays, the Sunday liturgies, is that, and I've asked several other Catholics, lately we've only been saying like um, the Apostles' Creed. We don't. Nobody says the Nestine Creed anymore. You know, and and I and I and I and I don't think it's because oh. That's because it's the original creed. No, no, no. It's because it's faster. It's shorter. It's quicker. It's quicker. That's why. And that's and that is and that's exactly he, Taylor Marshall is right about that. Is that the priest in the Novosoto liturgy? Well, looks like some noise out there hold on sounds like fire truck it's in the morning anyway that's the problem it's that they they love to shorten it and that's that's where on i think it's the sin because it's like a broadway show you know the priest it does operate like a dj and unfortunately as well 
you know, they could do the same thing with the music. They can do the same thing with the homily. And it's always a very, very, um, very unbiblical, very um, boring, boring. They, they can, they just don't talk about the scriptures. There's no Bible lesson. And it's a, it's a sad thing because if you bring a friend uh, to, let's say you bring a, a person who's not Catholic. Let's say you bring an evangelical, someone who's very versed in the Bible, very versed in, in you know, in scripture. And you want to show them that, you know, Christ is the center of the liturgy. Guess what? You're taking a big risk. You better take them to a good liturgy. You can't take them to your local home parish, especially if you know your the the priest or whoever's going to say the mass. It's just not known for uh, for good liturgy, for uh, for good homilies, for good you know for good uh, you know a good you know a good Bible teaching. You know you know they're not they're not going to be in it. They're not, they're not that kind of person. And you're going to be very pressed to find one. All right, let's begin with the first reading. Our first reading is from the second book of Kings, chapter 4, verse 42 to 44. They shall eat and there shall be some left over. A, re a reading from the second book of Kings. A man came from Abel shall Shaha, bringing to Elisha, the man of God, twenty barley loaves made from the first fruits and fresh grain in the ear. Elisha said, Give it to the people to eat. But his servant objected, How can I set this before a hundred people? Elisha insisted, Give it to the people to eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat, and there shall be some left over. And when they had eaten, there was some left over, as the Lord had said. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. One more time. A reading from the second book of Kings, chapter 4, verse 42 to 44. A man came from Baal Shal Shaha bringing to Elisha, the man of God, twenty barley loaves made from the first fruits and fresh grain in the ear. Elisha said, Give it to the people to eat. But his servant objected, How can I set this before a hundred people? Elisha insisted, Give it to the people to eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat, and there shall be some left over. And when they had eaten, there was some left over, as the Lord has said. Okay, I think one more time should be helpful. A reading from the second book of Kings, chapter 4, verse 42 to 44. A man came from Belshazzar bringing to Elisha, the man of God, twenty barley loaves made from the first fruit and fresh grain in the ear. Elisha gave it to the people to eat, but his servant objected, How can I set this before a hundred people? Elisha insisted, Give it to the people to eat, for thus says the Lord, They shall eat, and there shall be some left over. And when they had eaten, there was some left over, as the Lord has said. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Psalm 145. And the response is, The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Let all your works give thanks, to give thanks O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The eyes of all look hopefully to you and give 
them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He, get, he answers all our needs. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Okay, one more time. Psalm 145. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He, get, he answers all our needs. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The eyes of all look hopefully to you and give, and you give them the food in their, in their due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read the whole thing straight through without the response, or just the response at the beginning and at the at the end of uh, after each three stand uh, at the end of the whole thing. The hand of the Lord feeds us; He answers all our needs. Let all, let all your works give give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. The eyes of all look, look hopefully to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Okay, so the second reading is from... Uh, a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, four verse 1 to 6. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received. With all humility and gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body, one spirit, as you were also called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Okay. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, four verse 1 to 6. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. One body, one Spirit, as you, were all, as you were also called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, so I think one more time, all right. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body, one spirit, as you were also called to the one hope of your call. One Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over, over all and through all and in all. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Uh, the Alleluia Antiphon is from Luke chapter 7, verse 16. Alleluia, alleluia, a great prophet has risen in our midst. God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has risen in our midst. God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has risen in our midst. God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, verse 7 to 16. He distributed as much as they wanted to those who were reclining. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus went, up, went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes, he saw that a large crowd was coming to him. He said to Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him because he himself knew what, what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 days was wages worth of food would not be enough to enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. What, but what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to, to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them, and filled Twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the fish, barley loaves, and, and that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the signs he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, verse 1 to 15. He distributed as much as they wanted to those who were reclining. Jesus went, oh, went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes, he saw the large crowd was coming to him. He said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said, to, he said this to test him, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now, there was a great deal, with the, with the gra a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined about to about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they when they've had had their fill, he said to his disciples, 
gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 wicker baskets with fragments from the barley lobes that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the signs he had done, they said, this is truly the prophet, the one who is coming into the world. Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry them off to make him a king. He withdrew again to the mountain alone. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. We've got all the readings done. The second book of Kings starts off with a story, an event. Um, a man came from Bel Shalshaha, bringing to Elisha, the successor of Elijah, uh, the man of God, uh, 20 barley lobes, barley lobes made from the first fruits of, and fresh grain to the in the ear. Elisha said, give it to the people to eat. But his servant objected, how can I set this before a hundred people? Eli Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and there shall be some left over. And when they had eaten, there was some left over as the Lord has said. Again, um, when God feeds his people, he's showing his presence. That's 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 the most important thing out of all of this. He's always showing his presence. I think when you think about it, if you go back even as far back as the flood, yes, God is always showing his presence among his people. He took care. Um, he always takes care of his people. And sometimes we need reminder Sometimes in a gentle way, sometimes in a harsh way, right? Often enough, we think that, you know, when things are very bad, um, myself included, and it feels like as though um, you're, you're making no progress spiritually and you're making no progress uh, materialistically. Like, you know, when you're dealing with everyday's problems, bills, um, you know, but sometimes I think it's the everyday uh, humdrum of life. You feel like you're not making any progress. You feel like you're going nowhere. And I think that's okay because I think that's that's normal. But often enough, it could, you know, it could affect your faith. It could affect your faith and and. You know, you could sometimes be blindsided not seeing God in in the ordinary or, you know, experience him in the humdrum of life. And I think in most cases, this is why he needs to remind us that he's here. The miracles themselves are to remind us. That's That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to remind us, you know. Um, if he performed a miracle, I think, at every moment of our lives, I don't think there'll be a relationship. He wants a relationship. The miracles are to open our eyes, to um, fuel our faith. It's not supposed to, you know, there's not going to be a miracle, you know, a, a, a you know a miracle where we take them for granted. The Israelites, they had how many miracles that they had when they were leaving Egypt? I mean, when he took them out, there was twelve, ten miracles, ten miracles, and they took him for granted. They took him for granted. It's hard to believe, but they did. They took him for granted, and when they were, they were led out of Egypt. They, it seemed like they kept on forgetting. And I think that's the problem. We can become cold and indifferent. And every miracle that is answered, that or that, that basically happens in our lives, we will become indifferent. We will take him for granted. We will, It's like getting up every single day, you know, like... 
you turn on the TV, you don't think it's magic. You turn on the radio, you don't think it's magic. You take it, for, you know, it, you take it for granted that the TV is going to be turned on. You, you put, you turn on the computer. Look how people are used and used to the tablets and the cell phones and the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth. You expect it to work. And when it doesn't work, it's like a disruption in your life. People get very frustrated when their cards doesn't work. When they, when they go in the morning, they go in the driveway to take their car and the car doesn't start. Something is wrong. You come home and you, you expect the, that the light switch, the light will work. You expect the microwave to work. People in the past, if they saw these things, they would think that they were miracles. They would think they were magic. When you and I know they're not. And technically a miracle is not magic. A miracle is God's presence in our, in our lives. God is simply reminding you, reminding you and me, I'm here. Remember, I'm here. And in a sense, like, it's the same thing after Joseph and Mary found the little Lord Jesus after three days. That was a miracle. It was a, mir it was a miracle to remind them of the miracle. It was also a miracle to remind them of, of, of who Jesus is. That he was not just an ordinary child. And that's true. That's the way it's supposed to be. Now, it's, you know, they were filled. It's the ends here. They were, in, they, when they had eaten, there were some left over. Some left over. They were given far more than what they needed. And there was some left over for tomorrow. There was some left over for their children. There was some left over for their for their neighbor. There was some left over uh, for anybody who needed. And that's the point. God was telling them, reminding them, I am here with you. I am amongst amongst you. That's what the miracle is supposed to remind us. That God's power is with us, though we do not see it. God's presence is with us, though we do not see it. Okay. He's not a vending machine of miracles. Okay. You know, Paul reminds us that one day miracles will cease. But just because the miracles cease, does that mean that God is not here? Of course not. Okay. Now... We move on to Psalm 145. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Let all your works give thanks, O Lord. Let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. Again, this is to remind us of his presence. Okay, the hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord. Let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. All right, the psalm, when, you, when we read the scriptures, you shouldn't just read them. And when you try to memorize passages, it isn't just a memorization, it's a prayer. You have to ponder the meaning. That's basically what what the scriptures are there for there god is talking to us in scriptures all all that i've read from all the saints say that that god is speaking to you to us through the scriptures the catechism of the catholic church i know it's some people that you know they're probably going to try to re reject it you shouldn't reject it all right same way uh, the Mass is valid, just as valid as the, the Trinitine Mass, the Latin Mass. We have to accept everything. You know, if we play the games of the bishops, just because some of these bishops are not faithful, they want us to make, to, to make ourselves look like schismatics. Don't do that. 
Don't let them do that to you. It's everything is valid. The Holy Spirit is still working and we're still being tested. We're being tested all the time. And if we become pickers and choosers, we're becoming Protestants. So accept, you know, don't reject everything from Vatican II. Embrace it. Win, you know, win the game. Be obedient to Christ. Forget about these people. Forget about these unfaithful people. You know, the psalm here is telling us to remain faithful. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. The eyes of all look hopefully to you. Look what it says here. The eyes of all look hopefully to you. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. God opens his hand and he dis and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Okay, we have to we have to remain true to God. Okay, none of this happened. None, none of these <clears throat> trials and tribulations, especially that's happening in the Catholic Church, whether it's in the Catholic Church or Orthodox Church or an Evangelical Christian, none of it happens without him knowing about it. And he sends trials and uh, and he wants us to be open to him in truth because he wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to grow supernaturally. He wants us to grow in a relationship with him. Okay. Being a Catholic, being a Christian is living your life in a relationship to him. Okay. In, in relationship to him. All, all the other things all the other things, whether, you know, the, the liturgy or even in the traditional Latin mass is to be in a relationship with him. All the other stuff, if it's all just ritual, it's going to be empty ritual. Okay. A, a real Christian is one who truly has a relationship. One who's truly constantly living in the presence of God in their life. Okay. I mean, that's why I have to say the one thing I have to say I like about, about the, the Noah's Ordo is the liturgy, the readings. The readings are beautiful because even though the rest of the Mass has unfortunately been abused, there's been a lot of scandal, there's been a lot of three-ring three circus and the liturgies in different parts, the homilies may be uh, boring, and unfortunately they are, but the readings, the readings, Christ is in the readings. He's in the three, the you know the the, the three readings. He's in he's in, he's in the first reading. He's in the Psalms. He's in the second reading, and he's in the Gospel. the The rest of the liturgy may be what you call botched, and they constantly abuse it. But the readings, Christ is in the readings. Okay, now we move on to. St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And this is important. Because Paul here is definitely talking about the Catholic faith here. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received. With all humility Humility, people who are meek, humble, humility and gentleness, uh, humbleness and meekness. Okay, gentleness can be also translated meekness with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace, one body, one spirit, as you were also called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. That is 
that is a unity of a true Catholic, a true Christian, you know, every, we know a unity of a true follower of Christ. Okay. We have to, unfortunately, I think even with the arrogant and heretical, we have to be patient with them. We have to be patient with them because everything that happens, all the bad things that happen in the church, and the reason why some people are not doing anything about it, is weakness of faith, lack of faith, um, arrogance and pride. Pride is the biggest sin. Pride, they say, pride comes before the fall. A lot of it is pride. Some people think, like I think there's some bishops and some priests, I'm in this position because God thinks I'm more worthy than you. They may not say it, but it's true. It's true. There's even some Catholics who think because the bishop pays attention to them or the priest put gave them a responsibility or they're working close with the priest. It's even in the Protestant churches. There are people who think because they work with the pastor or they have lunch with the pastor or they drive the pastor over or they drive the priest over here. They think that 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 somehow it makes them more worthy. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. It doesn't at all. As a matter of fact, positions of power, positions of responsibility is a test, not a gift, not favor. Just because someone makes it and becomes Pope doesn't necessarily mean that he is loved by God. It could be that he's being tested by God. He's being tested by God. Power and his power and wealth and money is a test. Is a test of how you're going to use it. Okay. And I and it's the same thing in religious situations. Sometimes ambitious spirituality when people who have ambition in religion can also be a form of idolism. I think it's one of the Russian writers said that. There could be um, you know, idleness even in spirituality, idleness in holiness. People think the more holy they are, the better they are. It's a test. It's a test. We have to we have to be humble. It's hard. There's no easy answers. There is no easy answers except asking God to to keep us humble, to keep us humble and to keep us close to him. Every he he's there. He's in his presence is among us. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not. It doesn't matter if you feel it or you can experience it or just because you don't sense a sense of holiness or anything like that. It doesn't matter. His presence is here. And then when we move to the gospel, okay. Okay, when we move to the gospel, Jesus Jesus went across over the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain to... Okay, the people saw the signs. Uh, the healing of the blind, the casting out of demons, healing of lepers, um raising uh you know raising uh the dead probably people at the time they were dead for one hour or whatever and then um other signs other signs that he performed like the turning water into wine these were signs they had symbolic meaning especially on the day they happened okay when jesus performed the wedding in the cana it wasn't just he turned it randomly it was at a wedding he did it and how many jugs of wine it was six Purification jugs, okay, the purification jugs, only water can touch it. And they're made from stone. They're made not from clay. They're actually carved from stone. Stone, according to the, to ancient, to the time of Jesus, the Israelites, was pure, not easily can be stained or defiled. So that's why they only put water in it. And the water itself... As long as only water touches it, 
it, it was used for purification ritual. Jesus took the purification ritual, which only water can touch it. Only It can only contain water. And he turned the six jugs of water into wine. This was for the wedding because they every day they had long wedding days, celebration, banquets. And that itself was a sign. Now, um, healing on the Sabbath. All right, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Lord of the Sabbath means he's Lord of worship. He's Lord of liturgy. And he healed the man. And that is a sign. And there were other, other things he did, casting out demons. Uh, people probably heard that he calmed the storm. All kinds of things like that, that, you know, hearing the paralytic. And this itself, especially all the miracles on the Sabbath. There was also the man he healed, he healed by the booth of Bethsaida. That was on the Sabbath. And the, he, and the man was not able to walk for 38 years. And suddenly he was walking. The Pharisees didn't like the challenge. But the people, the people understood the signs. They understood what the meaning were. And that was the signs of the Messiah. The Messiah was here. Now, five loaves and two fish. The five loaves... Uh, represent the five books of Moses, right? Okay. And it was basically, that represents the word of God, the law. But in a sense, it's different. They're not, they're not here is five loaves. Okay. And the two fish is also, is, is, is uh, represented, representing in a sense, almost like you could say, You could say like the two tablets of the law to some extent, because remember Moses came down with two tablets of the law to some extent, right? And it also could, it also, I think in a sense, point to the two natures of Christ, right? The two natures of Christ, divine and human, the divine and human nature. He's fully human and whole, fully divine. It could represent that. Uh, that's my theory, but I, I think that's that's one way of looking at it. Also, it could represent the two people created in creation, Adam and Eve, man and woman. Right? It could represent that as well. It's It's an interesting... I mean, there's so many ways I think we can walk away from it, but it also... Um, it also, I think, in a sense, because it's two fish, he is also, um, in a sense, I think, sending out two by two apostolic, uh, the preaching, in a sense. There's a lot you can walk away from it. I'm not perfect completely in it, but the thing is, five loaves definitely represent the five books of Moses. Okay? The five lo lo loaves represent the five books of Moses. But I do believe that the two fish, uh, five barley loaves, okay, and, number, and, and, you know, and then two fish, definitely, I think, point to the two natures of Christ, of the second person of the Trinity, the incarnation. Because remember what he said, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. But in a sense, yes, they can represent point to the past of the two, the two tablets that Moses came down from the mountain, and the fact that the law is fulfilled in Christ, the, the old covenant is fulfilled in Christ, and it also points to his incarnation, fully human and fully divine. Okay, fully human and fully divine, because it definitely points to that. And also, in a sense, it points to it points to definitely the apostolic preaching, right? Because what happens afterward, he sends the apostles out in the world. Usually he sends them two by two. But the thing is, it it is basically pointing to the incarnation of Christ. And it's, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, and again, what happens, they have at the end, they collect the scraps, and it's 12 wicker baskets, 12 wicker baskets. It could 12 representing the 12 tribes, but it also points to the 12 apostles. 
the 12 apostles who will go out and preach the apostolic te uh, the church, go out and preach into the world. All right? It's also pointing to, in a sense, the church's mission to feed the word of God, to feed, to, to preach and teach. All those things are important because you know, that's the church's apostolic. It's rooted in the 12 apostles. Okay, you know, five lobes pointing to the past, the five books of Moses. Okay, the five books of Moses. Two fish pointing to, you can say, it can point to the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of the law, but it also points to the incarnation, the fulfillment of of, of the of the old covenant in the two natures of Christ. And the 12 wicker baskets point to the 12 apostles who, who Christ will build the foundation of the church on. And, you know, that's the way, that's, that's, that's how the early church fathers pointed to these symbolic meanings. Okay. And we ourselves are supposed to realize that our faith, the gospel comes through us through the church. We can't separate ourselves, no matter how frustrating things may be. That's not what's supposed to do. We're supposed to we're supposed to look look to the church, and we're not. And you know, we shouldn't try to let ourselves get frustrated. I know there's a lot of people very bothered by what happened, but I honestly think, listen, we're here now because God wanted us here. Okay. Let's not get frustrated. And also, let's pray for the Pope. Let's pray for the bishops. Let's pray for the deliverance of the church. All right, let's move on to the, uh, the prayers. Okay, let's say a Hail Mary uh, for the entire church, for the Catholic Church. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. I'll say a prayer for priests, for new vocations. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's say a prayer for the bishops, monsignors, cardinals. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's say a prayer for, um, for religious life, for nuns and uh, other vocations. In the church, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's also say a, a Hail Mary against heresy. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. A prayer against uh, apostasy or division, but only, uh, division. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Say um, a prayer, a holy um, a Hail Mary for the Pope, Pope Francis. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. A prayer for Pope Benedict Emeritus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. So, uh... Let's say also the Saint Michael. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, 
we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And now we'll say the, um, the, the creed, the Nessing Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, one in being, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men, for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, he rose again on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and of his kingdom will have no end. I believe in one in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son was uh, is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Okay, folks, um, I'll try to get back later on with um, another part for the uh, Gospel of Mark I'm doing. Um, yes, I'm doing a Bible study slowly with the Gospel of Mark. We're working on it. Um, so I'll get back with you soon. So God bless and enjoy um, enjoy the weekend and stay safe with you and the families. Okay, God bless. Mm -hmm.